So, hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Chatter. Today I am delighted to be joined by Gemma Forte, co-host of The Troll. Gemma, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, as I mentioned before we start started, I have had your co-host on the show before, Marina, um, and we talked a lot about Brexit and uh, Keir Starmer and the Tories, and I'm sure we'll probably end up having some very similar conversations uh, this afternoon. So... Well, maybe we just start with you, actually. So, like, when when did you first start like getting into politics, or like when did you even think about doing the podcast with Marina? Oh, where to start? So, um, I am somebody who has ended up talking about politics, and I became engaged, like so many people, radicalized, if you like, by listening to James O'Brien, and I, I just was really against Brexit. And prior to that, I had a, a vague interest, but. I'm a bit older than Marina and I count myself as so, so lucky to have been young in London and then Tony Blair came in in 1997 and all seemed pretty good, pretty good time to be alive, to be honest with you. And then when Cameron came in even, it was like, oh, okay, but it, it didn't seem to be a huge disaster, like it wasn't going to tangibly affect my life. And then... Brexit happened and suddenly it was like a big wake up call. It was like, this decision is huge. And I just didn't believe the motivations of the people who were uh, calling for it, selling it, if you like. Mm. Um, so that's when my interest peaked and I was already doing, I, my background is I was a kids presenter at Disney and stuff like that. Um, wrote books, had kids, all the rest of it. And was always been sort of jobbing telly person really. And then long story short, had a massive argument on the right stuff, um, which was a show with Matthew Wright with Anna Widdicombe. And that kind of <laughs> <laughs> sort of came from nowhere. And then after that, I sort of started getting booked specifically to talk about Brexit. And I guess the whole argument was so tribal and I was very firmly in the Remain camp, if you like. So I guess I became a good pundit. So it wasn't by design. And then I was following Marina on Twitter. She followed me back. We sort of really liked each other's vibe. She then was invited to go on a show that I've been doing for ages called Jeremy Vine. And I reached out and just said, look, you know, if you, you probably don't need any, but I've been doing this sort of stuff for a while. And a, a friendship was formed and it was a bit like falling in love, like all the best friendships, you know, where you're just like, this person's amazing. And we were like, oh, I really want to see you again. You know, it's just brilliant. And we're still sort of in that bubble. We really like each other. And... So we put in as many social things as we possibly can. We speak every day and we're incredibly like-minded. There's not much we don't agree on apart from she doesn't like going on walks. Um, that's one thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, she what do you mean she doesn't like going on walks? She's just... like, I'm about to go, gonna go and do some hiking soon. She's like, you don't get that? Like, where are you walking to? And I'm like, you're just walking for the sake of it. She's like, nah. But you know, these are things that are fine. We can work through these things. Mm. <laughs> you know, but politically we're so aligned. And so we do this podcast which we decided to do, had no idea whether it would hit the spot or not, you know, and, and, and it kind of has. And it's a beautiful thing because, in fact, somebody said to me the other day, somebody in TV said, it shouldn't work because you agree and you just make each other laugh. And I was like, no, you've just got used to everything being really polarized. Mm. If you've got a like-minded audience, it works. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with two people who, who think the same and have fun and people enjoying that. That's That mm. seems pretty reasonable, mm. no? Mm. Well, also, the, the joy of it is it's not about us. We go through social media, we trawl through and look at the clips and play the clips and, and what people are saying about it. And people can be very, very funny. But, of course, it allows us to talk about Sunak, immigration, like all the beefy politics as well, the Richard Sharp scandal. So it's sort of a mixture of serious and funny. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it. It's, it's good. I mean, I don't agree with everything you guys have to say, but then, I mean, that's the that's the game, isn't it, really? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that I knew, I know I wanted to talk to you about, maybe just start with this, because it's really been irritating me. And I talked to, because I talked to Marina about this, and, like, the, the case that, I, the thing that we argued about was whether Labour were any better than the Tories. Mm. Like, whether there was really a genuine difference between the two of them. And I was basically making the case that I don't think it's, I don't think voting for either of them will produce better or worse results in the next 10 years. I think it's basically a uni party where they're going to present basically the same policies. And even if Labour make some gains in, in, or, you know, 
move forward with things that I think will genuinely help the country. I'm concerned that what will happen is they will do a really bad job of it. And in four or five years time, we'll just get the Tories back. And any small minor gains that may have been made, like in a positive direction, will just be immediately erased. So what would your preference be? My preference would be a new party um, that doesn't take corporate money and wants to do what its members want. That is what I would like to see. Not not, Not politics driven by the money from the top, but driven by the memberships. That's why I would prefer sort of utopia that doesn't exist. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't, like they, people may have horrible, awful ideas. I'm sure they do. Mm. But my problem is that like the that every decision in politics that is made now, none of it, in my view, is for the benefit of like the country. Like there's no one going, you know, this is a difficult decision, but we have to do the right thing. Can you imagine that conversation happening with any of the current crop well, of like major it, it politicians? It wasn't that long ago that that, <laughs> that did happen on on both sides. We have had mm-hmm. gangsters in since mm-hmm. Johnson, mm-hmm. and I, I oh, genuinely that, I would I would argue that you can go the whole way back to Thatcher, and we've had one party since then. But with so much light and shade, and mm, within obviously. that, with with good decisions being made at times that genuinely were for the greater good, mm-hmm. and other things, yeah, that were utterly corrupt. But nothing has been as corrupt as this since Johnson. Mm-hmm. And you're right, the most self-serving man on the planet. And uh, sorry, Sunak, all the stuff that's coming out in the Times, how his wife and his his father-in-law are benefiting from all these government grants. I mean, he's like a pirate. He's the worst. He's awful, as bad. But okay, so I, I'd imagine as well when you had Marina on, it was some time ago. And I think, you know, you- I think she had more of a case back then. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I was going to say, I, I agree. I think that Starmer is increasingly frustrating. And and I know a lot of people, it's a bit of a trope, say Tory light. Oh. However, however, nothing in my mind could be as bad as this current lot. Um, I think it's really sad that Labour have purged all the socialists, basically. Um, I think that I don't really thoroughly trust them on the NHS. I don't. Um, but... I don't think they'd be lining their friends' pockets with silver. I do not think they'd be like, you know, c- contracts going to their mate for millions to get faulty PPE. Tens of millions. Tens yeah. of millions with no consequence. Um, I hope with all my heart, and also I would vote tactically at this stage, like mm. I would... People also ask myself and Rena, like, would you not want to be an MP? And for me, no. Who would I stand for? I don't like have any real passion for the Labour Party right now. Um, actually, if anything, the if there was um, proportional representation, probably the Greens. Caroline Lucas was running things. We'd mm-hmm. probably o- be okay, you know. Yeah. I think she at least seems to care. Oh, she's she's great. She's amazing, and I think it's so important within our frustration and the, the anger of which I feel, you know, very viscerally that we also have to remember that there are some decent people in there really trying their bloody hardest. And um, whether, you know, there is, whether it's in the Lib Dems or whether it's in the Labour Party, there are some good people, um, Greens, not many of them. Um, and even the odd Conservative, <laughs> you know, Marina and I went to the House of Lords the other day, absolutely bizarre. We were invited by a green peer called Jenny Jones. It was very thrilling. And she introduced us to all these people. And there was this one doddery old Tory, you know, like, and a sort of, you know, you slightly out of prejudice sort of written him off. And then I found out that he had been put in the laws because he had um, made it that you have disabled access in black cabs in London. Wow. Yeah. Right. And I exactly. And I got a bit of a shiver because I thought, okay, well, good for you. That's more useful than anything I've done. That's amazing. You know, I have a friend who has a disabled child. Like, that would have transformed transformed her life. And I think that's been spread out nationally as well now, mm. that those black cabs in cities have disabled access. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you can stay. You know, and and I am an eternal optimist. And, like, I, I try and cling on to these things. Or I see Jenny Jones, you know, doing her thing. And she said, oh, sometimes it is hard because I'm not getting anywhere. And I was mm. like, yeah, but if you weren't here, you're one good person down. Yeah. So would it be different under Labour? Yes, it wouldn't be as bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so my, my, my issue is that like, 
And I wrote about this a lot in my first book, Go Buy It, Brexit, The Establishing Civil War, uh, <laughs> that I feel that we've had this neoliberalism party for the last mm. 40 years. Yeah. And that involves um, privatization of public services, mm -hmm. deregulation, mm -hmm. tax cuts for the rich. Yeah. Right? And that is essentially the model that Keir Starmer is coming in now to mm -hmm. offer up. Yeah. And that, to me, is like, that is those those three, like, broad policies are, are the, the result, or sorry, they're the cause of so many of the problems that we are seeing today. Even the NHS, just, just the NHS by itself. Mm -hmm. You see, if we hadn't dealt with, like, Blair starting to farm out, like, the construction of loads of um, hospitals and stuff to PFI contracts, costs of... They've cost us hundreds of billions, hundreds of billions. Mm. And that's not an irrelevant number. And then like you can go through to like the way Keir Starmer's like, you know, we need some private services to help deliver yeah, NHS services. And it's like, fuck you, man. Yeah. Like you, you, you're getting the worst of both worlds. Mm. And you know, the only like I think the only consequence of that is going to be things get worse. Serve the service that we're provided for the cost that we are paying will get worse. Yeah. And eventually, somewhat, enough people will throw their hands up and go, oh, fuck it, just privatize it. That's what, like, that's my fear. Well, uh, the, the NHS is a particular something that I feel so upset about. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, this current treatment of nurses, of junior doctors, I think the sum of nurses who have left since strikes began is 15,000. We have 15,000 thousand nurses fewer than we were before the strike started you know they are just being insulted by steve barkley now what's interesting to me is yes i have so much with starmer i kind of well, I, I don't want to bang his head against well it's violent but you know frustration if i was in a room with him i'd be like why aren't you letting your mps go to picket lines why aren't you speaking for working people you are labor why are you yeah, allowing privatization mm -hmm. da, 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 da. There's so many things. Um, why did you let the public order bill go through? They didn't really fight that yeah, either. That's like, okay, but they're not in power, and so I almost have only so much capacity, right? Mm, so I'm yeah. trying to hold the people who are in power. They are in power. They are the ones I have to hold to account right now. They, 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 they cannot be in power any longer, mm. and so then who's going to come in? Well, ultimately, it's going to be Labour, isn't it? Um, and then you start holding them to account, and you then have to hope with all your bloody goddamn heart that they are privy to some data that we don't have, right? They must do. They must do. And they're beating this shitty drum <laughs> to try not to alienate, I don't know who, mm. um, and sectors of the electorate. Because it is working mm -hmm. because, it, well, the polls, I mean, although it's um, slightly... And, and we're nowhere near an election yet, so it is yeah. a worry. And yeah, what are the poll? What's the polar polls sitting at at the minute? That's a good look. But the other thing that is frustrating is you know that people like John McDonnell or whatever, you know, are in there just going, "What? What has happened to my party?" But then mm. the other issue I have is, am I feeling like this because I'm on Twitter every day <laughs> and I'm being paid to go on things to talk about politics and yeah. me and Marina are doing a little, little, little. So we're in this like little obsessed microcosm with everybody like shouting about stuff on Twitter. And then the majority of people, like, I go to the hairdressers, been going to the same hairdressers for years and the young girl washes my hair. She doesn't even know the difference between Labour and Conservative. Like no idea. Mm -hmm. And so Starmer, are you playing a game? Are you going to get in and turn back into a good person? Because he seemed like a good person back in the day. He seemed like he might like, but then this, this is my other problem. It's like he's he's U turned on absolutely everything, and everything. The tuition like, fees, like yeah, right up to the tuition. It's like right two days before fucking local I election. Know. Are you kidding are me? Are you like, mad? Where is the political strategy here? Like, are you, you know, mad? They said, they said Jeremy Corbyn's Labour were incompetent. Like they would have never been this stupid. Yeah. Like, I agree. But we actually um, bumped into John McDonnell, okay, and said exactly that. We were like, what, what are they doing? And he went, I don't know. He said, I don't know. The timing, the timing is horrendous. Mm. And we said, what's the rationale? What is the reason? Like, we said, please tell us there's some rationale. And he said, well, the rationale is, is that they're preparing for government, that when they get in, there, there wouldn't be the money to do that. So they're obviously planning on spending it on something else. I said, Yeah, but that is, that is the exact bullshit fallacy. I'm sorry. That's the exact mm. bullshit fallacy that was sold to us about austerity. 
And that is my other fucking problem. They are yeah, using the exact the yeah. language of the Tories from 2010. Oh, well, there's no money. And it's like, there can't have been no money for 15 years. Yeah, well, no, I said, <laughs> you've got to tell us then what you are going to spend it on because you're going to have to spend something. And also, but again, they're not in. And I do find it slightly, I don't know, is it unhelpful just for everybody to give up on the opposition when we've got these <laughs> absolute villains and Suella Braverman as Home Secretary, no thanks. Jacob Rees-Mogg in there. Like, these horrendous, horrendous individuals. We've got to get them out first. Mm. First and foremost, get them out. And then, you know, the country need, is broken. It's broken. Yeah. And it's going to be years and years and years of healing. And I, I'm also coming at this as a mum. My poor kids. Bloody hell, they've had a, the rough end of it. You know, I've got 18-year-old and 16-year-old. So they did the pandemic during their teenage years. They've had a, a Gove-influenced education, which has just been shit, frankly, you know, doing A-levels and having to memorise quotes to back up anything that you write. I mean, it's, they're, oh, they're so stressed. It's horrible. And then, you know, they've got this rhetoric coming from, from grown-ups, if you like, of like, yeah, look, you know, we've really messed it up. You guys are going to go and fix it all. You're going to go and sort it out because you guys are amazing. You care about the planet. I'm very careful not to do that. That's too much for their heads. They're mm. like, so I'm stressed. I've got all this social media shit to deal with. You're telling me I'm never going to be able to move out till I'm about 40. <laughs> you know, my friend wants to be a doctor and she can't because they haven't got enough training places. Mm -hmm. And then you're saying we've got to fix everything. And we don't have enough doctors. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, that's just one of the... Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, yeah, I mean... So I have Tell to them not to worry them... about the climate. That's that's the beyond them, right? <laughs> At this point, I think if you fix the system, that's where I would want to to focus on. But yeah, so you're you're looking up at this. Um, we're gonna. Oh, um, so this is what the national polls are saying. Good. So what have we got? We've got Labour forty six ish, forty seven, forty eight. Wow. Something like that. So, I mean, so I was looking at the polar polls um, and the, like the Labour poll lead has been consistently in the mid, mid twenties over the past like four months. So, I mean, I think, I think what's going to happen is Keir Starmer is going to end up winning. And I think his slogans for the next election should be, I am not the Tories. I know. I think they should rename the Labour Party to not the Tories because that's the best way to win because i do think right like as much as i get like hyperbolic about how horrendous the labor party are as an opposition the tories are, cannot remain in government they 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 have they have betrayed all of their own principles um fiscal responsibility protection of human rights free speech you know all of these things that they're meant to the stand family for, the family all these things they're meant to fucking stand for and and then at the same time they've just they've treated the british government as a, a tool to enrich themselves mm. and that is the worst form of americanization that i've ever seen in it's, our politics it's been a bank raid yeah it's been it, a bank raid mm -hmm. there's that figure about uh, the 177 billionaires in the uk are getting richer by 250 million a day yeah and uh, while as we know, nurses can't afford to feed their families. And then on top of that, you've got a coronation. I mean, it's just bonkers. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. And then, Cor and the then they just rush the through the protest, rush through the protest bill. So yeah. if you so much as boo, like, uh, I mm. mean, where do we live? Like, That's it's, disgusting. It's, that yeah. is the least British. And do you know what really annoyed me? Is the lack of opposition to that? Yes, from agree. especially from the left. Yeah, agree. And like people, like because sometimes I'm like I say, like you know, I used to be like a big Labour Party supporter, like loved Jeremy Corbyn, still do to be fair. But like I, I, I said, I say that people often. It's like I feel betrayed by the left. Like I have, I am, I've been left politically homeless by because they've abandoned the principles for which they are meant to stand, mm -hmm. and that is one of them: mm -hmm. the right to protest. I and, and and I fundamentally agree, and and I am finding it harder and harder and harder to to, to say to people, oh, no, if Labour is going to be fine, I've got massive reservations about that. I know they'll be better than them. I know that. I with all my heart. Um, 
Um, but yes, I also feel really frustrated by how they haven't, they've alienated the, the true left if you like but i also the, the going the back, jeremy corbyn yeah like, the I man know. got 40 percent of the vote right he's not like an unpopular figure and their decision to just kick him out of the party i know it's like well, how much how much damage do you think he can really do in the back benches i agree i agree and actually i think that keir starmer had done enough to um show that he was stamping out the anti-semitism which he absolutely had to do he'd done enough he didn't then need to yeah. And then, of course, the Diane Abbott stuff the other day. I mean, that was just, he must have been like, oh, brilliant, right, bye-bye. Yeah. Um, but listen, you know, again, they're not in yet. And, and sometimes the left-left do eat themselves. And, and again, I'm like, well, is that helpful if we just end up with the Tories again? Mm. I, 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 I never want to be that person that goes, oh, I'd have to leave because I've said this to Marina before. I'm not going to leave. No. In reality, I don't speak any languages. <laughs> I wouldn't have anywhere to go. My kids need to be near their dad. All my friends are here. I don't have any transferable skills. So I'm not going anywhere. But if the Conservatives get in, I'm also probably not going to get out of bed for about a week because mm. I can't bear it anymore. I cannot bear it. And interesting that someone like... Um, Someone like my dad, right, who's always been a sort of Labour or Lib Dem, very socially liberal, like a really decent person. And within his, and he's 72 or three or something. And then within his friendship group, he definitely has some sort of conservative friends. But right now it's like, it's become, if you're supporting this lot, that's where it's different. So yeah. he's still some of his conservative friends might be conservative with the small C, the kind that wouldn't be allowed in the Tory party now. Uh -huh. They'd have been got rid of, right? Yeah. Um, but he's looking at Labour going, and, and, and he's very engaged, but he's not looking at the nitty gritty like you and I are, like real like mm. policy or what they did in PMQs or what they did to da 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 da. Mm. And he's looking at them going, they all look like normal human beings, like they sound pretty sensible. Lisa Nanda, yep, she's great. Rachel Reeves, yep, she sounds fine. Because he's basically saying they're not going, hello, like Jacob Respond, like these panto villains, <laughs> you know? And so. The one thing I know is that where it must be tough is trying to navigate how many people they've got to talk to in very strange, fractured Britain. And I do think they've got a hell of a lot of it wrong. There's a hell of a lot of it that makes me want to smash my head against the wall with despair. And there's a lot of it I fundamentally disagree with, but there's just this, this thing in me where I just want to give them the benefit of the doubt and i and i might be and i might be crying and then i might be doing and keeping doing the trawl with marina calling out labor for the next five years it's well, quite, i hope so yeah well we will of course of course and we do now like when we disagree with them mm -hmm. but we, but our focus is on the tories because they're the ones yeah yeah pillaging yeah well no they are they are the ones pillaging like i, I can't i can't disagree with that um it's just yeah as as, also, as, as what i keep if, what, saying i don't what if they get in what yeah. if starmer gets in mm. and eases up and goes a bit more left don't because he it. can i don't buy that that's a thing mm. like britain is really the brit like so from 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 pauline and my understanding like the british public is like socially quite conservative broadly outside of like london basically um and economically like quite liberal like in that they're pretty like the some of the most popular proposed policies um like that have been polled by by yougov and stuff like that is nationalization you know complete ri ri uh, riddance of all privatization in the nhs fucking yeah. and, 80, and 90 rail rail uh, water, electricity, oh, uh, public transport. Water oh. privatized its insane. Yeah. Neoliberalism. And that is yeah, the I thing know. that I, I do know. not want more of. And this is like, and I, yeah. you know, people would say I sound like a broken record, and maybe I do. But I'm fine to be that person because, like, I, I, I am too aware of what that school of thought has done to this country mm -hmm. and to many other countries around the world. Yeah. And I despair at the idea that after forty years of that, after what we how we saw it deal with the pandemic in like, you know, just farming out contracts to yeah, the nearest yeah. person who said they could provide a mask. Oh, what, yeah. ten grand here, twenty billion there, you know. They're just throwing money out like it was nothing because it wasn't their money. Disgusting. It was state sponsored privatization. So it's just like no, we like are paying the bill 
for for the the privatization and if if they had made massive profits they get it mm. if they fail we're on, we we foot the bill mm. and it failed and we foot the bill yeah we're at like a hundred percent gdp to debt ratio it's like a trillion pound um of debt that we're now sitting on top of and, and again again when labor were in and they put that note the the, the bloody chairman always bloody shows on twitter yeah. greg hands is so boring about it but i think it was like 800 billion and now it's 2.5 trillion yeah so screw you tories you're shit with the economy yeah. you are fiscally irresponsible <laughs> yeah sorry not a trillion they've added 1.7 trillion yeah yeah, I mean, it's eye-watering and it's, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. So but just that like, is the, these are the policies. This is what I keep, I will, sorry, I will keep saying. These are the policies that we will get with another Labour government. What about if also, which I would be an advocate for, like I kind of hope that they don't get a massive majority uh, Labour because mm. I want PR ultimately. So I'm like, come on, you Lib Demers, come on. Come on, let's get a few more green seats. Um, I really do. I think it would be so much better ultimately. And then yeah. I might even think about going into politics. <laughs> but it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna check this now. But this I'm pretty sure it's like eighty percent of Labour members are in favour of proportional representation, and Keir Starmer won't put it on the ballot. That is like, and you know, know, one of the things that Jeremy Corbyn did through his tenure of the Labour Party was to make the give the membership more power over policy. And Keir Starmer has stripped that all away. Mm. So, like, if you're not representing the people who are going to go out and canvass for you, like, who who are you representing? Like, who, what are you there for? The people who are paying? The memberships well, it, it, to the party? You know what? I did meet a very prominent Labour MP at something, and I'm not going to say who, but I was asking all of these questions, and she just went, let us get in. Let us get in. Yeah. And she was just like... But Shut I, up. I don't, I don't, We've I don't, got to get I don't, in. I don't, that's our I don't buy job. that. That's a blank check. I don't like blank checks. <laughs> well, yeah, but this is why I'm saying, let's see, because we, you know we don't have this Scandinavian alternative. We don't. Yeah. We don't. We don't. There isn't another wonderful new party with an amazing leader who's offering something. No, but different. we have time to find what we've it. Got. Like if we, if if enough people were to come, like turn around and be like, look, we, the people. There's like no one's going to step up. It's time for me to step up. And there's a few parties that I've seen like this starting to like, you know, rear their heads. And I think I think it needs someone to stand up and go enough is enough. I just need Labour with a decent things. leader. No, but I think like, but they but, but they proved that they won't do that. Like, look at the way they treated Jeremy Corbyn. Look at the Forge report that came out. Look at all of the leaks that showed that they literally sabotaged him from within his own party. Like the BBC did a fucking special about it. What's her name? Halima Khan was one of the whistleblowers she brought out. They just sabotaged him from within. It was the press as well. Yeah, it was the press. Of course it was. Yeah. But it was, it was, so they, they country, were undermining him from within. But that's the country that we live in. No, but that's not the party we have to have. No, it isn't. But I've got friends exactly. You'd be like in a room, like, and you'd be so like minded. People like I really, really like, but we argue about this all the time because. I'm just like a bit more practical. It's like, well, yeah, you want this thing that doesn't exist. Mm. It just doesn't. We are where we are. We've got yeah. to work with that. But we have time to so, create it. It's not like new political parties well, we haven't sprung up. We don't have time we to do. create it. We do. How long have we got? It. We've got a year. Jeez, I'm knackered. I'm nearly 50. I've got two kids. <laughs> I don't have like 10 minutes, mate. I'm running my life, my house, my children, their A-levels, their GCSEs. I ain't got time for that. Well, I'm just time personally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So where is this coming from? I see so much apathy. I just think sort of get get a change and then you go for, so i have so many friends who are campaigning and are really active and are really engaged and they're all banging from the like beat and they really are doing something about it so they've been doing this huge campaign to show people how they can vote tactically in the local elections and doing this and doing that and it's been expensive and it's been big and it's been time consuming and they are all wanting to get the tories out that's number one objective get whatever we get and then work from within to create better. I do get that, right? Don't get me wrong. I understand the pragmatic argument and I understand not wanting to have the Tories again. Like I, I don't want them like, and they're devoid of talent. They've, 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 they've stripped through anyone with a modicum of sensibility. Gavin Williamson was education secretary at yeah. one point. <laughs> 
It's not that. Suella Braverman. Um, just what a, what a, what a joke. Before she even did the fucking stupid Rwanda yeah, thing. People Matt people. Hancock. How is he still even mentioned in government? The, the fuck went into the jungle, right? And got paid half a million. It was like 500 grand, half a million. Something. I, I, I'll Google that in a second. And Steve Barkley not even meeting the nurses to, yeah. you know, not engage. Like they are despicable so we were agreed on that and yes. then it's like where you go from here you know also the other thing is sometimes it feels sort of totally impotent like everybody else you've just gone just one person like this is shit and i i miss uh, which yes tony blair etc thatcher like all of it of course all the neoliberalism that we've lived through but mm. like now it's on acid but <sighs> at the same time because you're a product of your own upbringing i remember when even with elements of that yeah Tony Blair and, and Gordon Brown pre-fucking disaster of Iraq, you know, sure start centres, they were putting loads of teachers in, they put loads of, the satisfaction levels of the NHS were off the scale in 2010, they were exceptional. Globally, we were regarded as having the best healthcare system in the world. Everybody has always looked, funnily enough, at the BBC output as the creatively, the dramas, the sport, the kind of the creative aspect of living in Britain has always been so highly regarded. Um, there was, you could get a job. You could save up and you could get a deposit on a flat. You I could, you could, you could yeah. be 20 but, and save up for a couple of years and get a deposit. Okay, but I will say on that is like the the, the economic policy that Gordon Brown oversaw that, that led to the 2007 crash is the exact same policy that we are that now means. No, 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 no. I will not take this as, a, as an excuse. In, in the 1980s, we started printing like um, we we separated from the from the gold standard, and we started like to debase our own currency, right? Then we started to massively deregulate, so the commercial banks and investment banks were no longer needed to be separate entities, right? Thatcher started this all off, and it kicked off this massive like expansion in the financial sector, right? And then Tony Blair came in and Gordon Brown, and normally you'd think Labour government can rein this in a little bit. They said no, free pass, boys, you go, right? They, the deregulation that they oversaw is the reason that the economy was crashed in 2007. So we can say it was all great in the early years. It was a That's like saying mortgage market. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they oversaw the same policies in the UK as was going on in America. The mm. same bullshit, low interest, money flowing everywhere. Touted as being somebody who was very solution focused and came up with a lot of good stuff to yeah. get us out of it. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not and saying also, he did. I'm saying that he oversaw the things that led to that crisis and the things that are still we are still dealing with. Because mm. the economic policy hasn't changed. Mm. Our policy to, to print in money at the Bank of England hasn't changed. In fact, it's only ramped up over the past 13 years. Yes, yes, yes. But optimism they also dragged loads of kids out of poverty they did yes. the, the, the facts all show this they did what i'm trying to say did, is did they then they thrust them some... back into poverty by the recession that they oversaw well i think that was a global i could just don't think you can pin it all on them oh no i can't i can't say i like right i can't pin it all on them and also it still wasn't anywhere near the kind of economic debt that we're in now and poverty that we're seeing now like no. nothing that we're in victorian levels well, no, now we're, what we're, we've got food what bags we're what we're going to see in the next few years is going to get yeah, worse it's really um, horrendous Horrifying. yeah yeah same policies mm. that's the problem for me yeah i agree we could do with a massive revamp you know we, we're back to square one we, really but <laughs> just you know i would take at the moment politicians who yeah make mistakes yeah don't do everything that i like mm. also do some good and are coming out from we've got this sort of vague idea that running the country is to help people and to affect good change mm. and even if their plan i mean fucking hell i'm no thatcher fan but she wasn't giving out contracts to her mates. No. You know, she wasn't corrupt. She was reading her briefs, you yeah. know, and she, yeah, she caused an immense amount of pain and she, you know, and wiped out parts of the North. But at least she had an ideology that was based on duty, if you like. I can say that much. Mm. And we've just got to get these criminals out. And I don't think I put starmer in this I, I can't put him in the same boat as boris johnson i can't not yet. i mean i've seen people doing that i've seen people say he's lying just as much and and like well I, I i think at the moment he's like slim shady i don't know what he's up to and i'm gonna give wait and see when they get in i've had enough labor politicians sort of saying that as well and I, I, like we don't know what they're saying and the polls and all the bullshit. i mean come on starmer knew brexit was 
a disaster. He campaigned to remain. So you know what he thinks on that. Mm. So all of this yeah. saying that we're I not going to align. I think reversing Brexit would be worse for the country than staying in or staying out even. I think, I think, I think if we went back into well, the I don't EU, know if they'd have us back. Well, no, I don't think they'd have us back. I think yeah. it's probably a seven-year process and we'd have to accept the euro and all of the, the, yeah. the Maastricht Treaty and everything that comes along with it. Which I would like to do because I think it'd be funny. <laughs> I think that would be the death of this nation i think that would be the final like right now it, we're like no did standing. you see the poll that came out today 86 percent of young people would like to rejoin mm -hmm. and the demographic i'm afraid to say mm -hmm. of the very out like no i don't I think it would be the death I of this don't country think, at all. i don't think you can go back on that so soon i think that i think that the people who felt disenfranchised enough to vote for the first time in years, to vote in the Brexit referendum, many of whom voted to leave, would be so abhorred, like just, they would despise the entire political and media class forever. There's if a lot they of people though that. who were like, my life can't get worse than this, so stick it to you and I'm not gonna like do mm -hmm. what David Cameron says. I absolutely understand that almost like, yeah. like the establishment and also, you know, bit of a protest vote, but their lives haven't improved. No, but that's their not, lives haven't that's, improved. The thing that I would say is, like, for me, I don't think that's what it was about mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. It was about we do not want Pure to, racism. Yeah, no, I don't even think race. I don't even think race was involved for like ninety-five percent of them. I would be stunned if that was an actual reason. I could be wrong. Okay, I think, I'm I think, not saying everybody that voted for Brexit is the classic. Of course, yeah. not everybody that voted for Brexit. No, but I think racist, it's a very small minority. Did vote for Brexit. I think that's a very small minority of people in the country. No, I think I the reason that people, I think the thing that 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 Dominic Cummings, for all his corruption and failings, tapped into with that phrase "take back control," yeah. was this sense that people have lost control of their lives. That like the decisions that affect the 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 underlying foundations of the country and the, the world that we live in are like so far away from the, from those, from them that they feel completely hopeless and powerless. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason for that is probably less to do with the EU and more to do with globalization. Right. But I still think that I think it was to do a, with austerity. Well, yes, a hundred percent as well. However, you could argue that austerity and globalization go hand in hand because a lot of the places that got hit hardest by austerity are the places that have lost jobs as a result of like the increasing globalization of our economy. And I would say that to them, the point would be, you know, we used to make stuff. Why can't we make stuff again? And the, the, everyone thinks that like protectionism is really isolationist. And I'm not so sure that that's always the case. I think it can be a way of, in insulating your economy from outside shocks mm. and those shocks are something that i'm also very concerned about because i think that's the thing that people like boris johnson and michael gove and dominic cummings and all of the disaster capitalists that populate the, the conservative party are waiting for in order to exploit to push through the policies that we wouldn't otherwise accept yeah and i know that was a very long point <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But on the point of rejoining or not, should we? Yes. Will we? No. Mm. Um, but I, I, dis I disagree. I think there are so many like people in the fishing industry deeply regret it. Farmers deeply, deeply regret it. Um, and yeah, people that would, yes, you're right. It would have gotten to the voting office. And of course there are still people who are absolutely wedded to it, but it's less and less and less. I get a barometer of this when I go on like live shows. And when I used to go on, oh my God, it was like 50-50 and I would come off and I'd be absolutely abused and absolutely supported. And the callers, I can now go on and say, Brexit is an utter disaster. It's made us poor, and no one phones in. <laughs> like because it has. You're now talking about something tangible, mm. and so I think maybe you might be surprised with the amount of regret. And I've also met people who I really respect. Jenny Ooh. Jones being one of them. Jenny Jones voted for Brexit, and now she's like, "Oh my God, what have I done?" Because she thought that environmentally it was going to be a good idea, and it's mm. absolutely trashed. Um, I've met other people as well. I was like, "Yeah, no, I regret it." And so I, I don't know. I think it might happen sooner 
than perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> and like we went to the, I was just going to cry. Oh, man, we I went to. I don't, um, want, I don't want the hero. Like that, that is something that I, I would. I couldn't give a shit what money oh, I give over. Oh, no, but that's not what it's about. It's about a sovereign nation having control of their own money supply. Yeah. Yes, I know, but we had all of that. Yeah. And, like, we fucked it up and we were very bloody yeah. rude to them. Well, we and were. I think, yeah, and, and we had a great deal. We had all these subsidies. We had it great and we didn't have to take the euro. Well, tough shit, you know. I went to my daughter's, was looking around universities and I know it's just like a one tiny little anecdote, but there was this really sweet girl. You know how you like a place because the person that showed you around is nice? And she was just so nice. And she was, like, studying French. And she was like, yeah, it's a real shame, though, because even a few years ago, you got to go and do all this stuff, and, and we can't do it now because it's too much of a hassle to sort out with visas. And you just went, oh. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, it's bollocks. So it's like young people are just, like, mystified. Yeah. Just put that a little bit. And, um... um yeah, I mean, I do, I do like, the, the, the thing that I keep saying to everyone as well, it's just like, look, we can fix these problems. Like, you're right, so that we have... So say say you're concerned about environmental reg deregulation as a as a result of Brexit. All the shit in the sea. Yeah, all the shit in the sea. Say you're concerned about consumer or worker protections because Brexit. Mm. Say you're concerned about um, some of the uh, tax evasion that mm. we are going to be continuing to enable, given that we're no longer going to be part of the EU's um, harmonised like tax zone. There is absolutely nothing within the constitution of the United Kingdom that stops us doing all of those things while we're out of, out of the European Union. Hmm. And I think we need to stop thinking about if we were back in and start going, okay, let's try and elect a government that will do these but things. Then, but then, you see, there isn't any point because the only Brexit win that you can possibly achieve is going and doing trade with countries that want sh worse standards. That's it. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. So actually, that's not going to happen because we're not going to go, oh, no, let's keep these really high standards that the EU insist on. So mm. what? Because then we can't trade with X, Y and Z, which is our only option. Then we shouldn't. We just continue to trade with Europe. Like, well, I mean, well, then what the bloody hell was the point of leaving and putting all these barriers in and, and hampering everything and making everything exhausting and shit for small businesses and, and less environmentally friendly it's just bollocks yeah it's just bollocks sorry there's no argument anymore about brexit and people well, go sovereign i, would, I, I think say, oh what does yeah. that mean well, like i mean i would say that the sovereignty argument especially in the long run is quite quite powerful i think it's i don't i think it's weak as anything honestly i really genuinely but that's because think you it's agree weak. with the current no. policies of the european union no what if they suddenly turned because, around and were like no 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 actually you can't have regulation no, because, because okay um, because no it's not let me explain sovereign on trading standards mm -hmm. who cares who does that affect on a day-to-day -day basis nobody what affects a person who lives in a country is what the education is like mm -hmm. That was a British education system. Mm -hmm. That was not dictated to by the EU. Mm -hmm. It's um, what is your culture like? Mm -hmm. That's not dictated to by the EU. What's the sense of humour like? Not dictated. Um, your health, your health system. Mm -hmm. Whether you have a library at the end of your bloody street mm -hmm. and what your transport's like. None of those things mm -hmm. actually. When you wake up in the morning as a Brit, mm -hmm. morning, put on the telly, put your cup of tea, get your cup of tea, walk down the road and go to work. Nothing in terms of oh my food has to be x and my water has to be x affects my day mm. sovereign bullshit Sorry. yeah but again yeah no i mean like i you, you make a good point but i i don't think i'm going to be swayed by the idea that because right put it this way as the eu currently exists they're attempting to make laws for 27 different or 26 different well no 27 different countries mm -hmm. right um with massive disparity in, in culture and economics. Yeah, go to places in Eastern Europe that have suffered monstrously as a result of the brain drain that's happened. All of the smart, ambitious people have left. That's like a really bad, like go, like seriously go and speak to some some people who like currently still live in like some of the Eastern European nations who, who have lost a lot of people to like, to, to, to the richer Northern European nations, right? 
Some people have described it as a, a miniature form of colonialism. I think that's maybe a bit much, but like the point they're making is that like no, because we been, didn't go and take them. They chose. They chose, they to leave. chose yeah, as yeah, an individual yeah, yeah. to go and spread Fine. their wings. Okay, and I personally what, what think anybody yeah. has a right to move around as well. That's mm -hmm. all tied up into this refugee thing. I hate mm -hmm. it. And the other argument was always about, oh, you know, it's it's absolutely disgusting that we use Eastern Europeans to come and pick our fruit. Yeah. You know, well, we should be doing that. And I'd be like. No, that's an opportunity for them that they actually wanted to do. Mm. They chose to do it and it was good for them financially. So they come over, they're good at it as well, just built differently, very strong. And they, they were fast and brilliant at it. And then they took that money home. They mm. can't do that now. Yeah. This idea that like, yeah, that oh, leaving, I feel that money is leaving so our sorry. So that's actually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, but now we can't get anybody to well, do it. Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's And nobody's thing. got any money. But so like the, it's, the, it just fries my the, brain. The issue is that like, because they're trying to make laws for across like 27 different countries with massive disparities in income and massive differences in like economics and culture that they they're in this weird middle thing like middle ground where they're not powerful enough to properly harmonize things to make it effective but the the block that they're trying to legislate for is too large and too diffuse so what's going to happen especially if you listen to people like uh, jean-claude juncker or like any of the big pro-european um people who are, who are you know deeply involved in the eu or like within the project at least they're like we need to have further expansion of powers and further harmonization right in order for it to work and i think that's probably like the way it's going to end up going it'll end up as like some sort of united states europe or at least that in in some some sense right Fair enough. That's where they want to go. I'm not sure that's a great thing for us to be wrapped up in. Like, I don't see there's It's all like, so hypothetical. And also, yeah, it's but like, that's not, it's not as hypothetical if we're going to stop when that's the drinking way that tea and like eating scones or whatever. We're not going to be oh, eating it's not that. Like, it's, not, it's not that at all. Okay, so firstly, we don't know if that's actually going to ever happen. Well, I mean, it has been like, since the conception of the EU, the entire trend has been towards like more power and the larger but block. we had a say in it and always tempered everything and also this idea that yeah, but like yeah but lots where did our of say, different where countries did our say making so like it continued to happen anyway the european directive on water like our beach is really clean like mm -hmm. it was good yeah, yeah. it was great brilliant now they're full of shit mm -hmm. and so yeah if but yeah this, but, like, and, right, and, but and we're actually, taking away our responsibility as citizens of this nation to elect people who will fix the fucking problem Right. If we rely upon a greater superstructure to fix our problems for us, then we will never deal with them ourselves. OK, so, yes, perhaps. But again, we're in fantasy land here. The people that sold us down the river for it never had our best intentions at heart. Oh, they weren't no, no, saying, no, no. let's that. leave it. Let's leave the EU and keep standards really, really high. But, you know, in fact, let's make them even better. Like that was we all know that was never, never the point. Mm. And actually, I've also felt as well that this. Okay, and I am not saying the EU is perfect. Of course, it's bloated. There's bureaucracy. There's corruption within it. Of course, I'm not stupid. So it's perfect, Adil. But um, what are we trading with China? Mm, great. You know, no. there's lots of I'd stuff about more of our own Americans stuff here. and yeah. Again, that would be ideal. I can't see that happening anytime, particularly soon. But also, That's why we need the good, the good thing do. about 26, 27 nations all tempering each other is that you can't have one rogue country going batshit they're all going to temper each other which is what happened so yeah. actually broadly then you speaking, also get more homogenization and i'm also particularly scared of the idea of monopolies i like when lots of different places have the opportunity to do things differently but we do on the important stuff i yeah, never ever woke up if, if and thought oh today to i feel a bit french <laughs> ever or Romanian today. Oh, Maybe a little bloody you! I've just been eating Romanian biscuits all afternoon. Can't get my McVitties anymore. It's just like it's just we've always had our national identity like so strong. Hundred mm, percent. I don't think that's going to disappear as a result of being in the EU or not. It's for me. It's about. It's just a trading block. Yeah, it is a trading block. Yeah, but it's a trading block that continues to expand its powers, and mm -hmm. that's the point. It's like if if. Like you're saying these things that make us like quintessentially British, like the important things to the system that the EU didn't have, like I say, what if they suddenly do? Oh, they won't. Yeah, but, but like, like but I said, like the, we would have thrown our toys the, out the, the ground and said the, no. But the, all of the, like the major players within the European Commission, um, within the European Union, all, all the former presidents, they all foresee this expansion of its powers. 
and that has been like if you can show me one example where they've gone actually we need to rein that in then i would agree with you but there isn't an example of that and i wouldn't have made any of these arguments pre-brexit the point that i'm trying to make is that so long as we're stuck saying that this is our problem we won't fix it when it's in front of us we won't fix the problems while the way to fix it is some fantasy land that we don't live in mm. where we're still in the european i don't know i think we want like you you want a, a whole reform and sort of sort of start from ground zero i just know that that's not going to happen in my lifetime so i just want someone to come in and run things in a in a mm. fairly sensible way i would take that at the moment mm -hmm. yeah well i mean my my fear is that we are on the precipice of of uh collapse in many senses and that unless we get that reform that's going to come unless we get it before things completely fall to pieces mm. we're going to end up with things falling to pieces and then we have to rebuild and the problem is with that is like do you know who ends up in charge of that every single time it's the crazy people it's never the sensible oh well maybe we should do this or maybe this would be good for the people no it's the ones with the manifestos already written like <laughs> i don't like that scenario so i will continue to argue for reform before we get there mm. i've had arguments with a, a friend particularly who was you know still grieving corbyn if you like and and he's like no i you know i'd rather the tories got in again and made everything so shit that then something new has to be born and i'm just like yeah you don't have kids mm. no i don't want that that's what i specifically don't want <laughs> mm. I, I i hope and continue to argue that we can find something better. Hopefully. Please, please, yeah. can't be worse. Yeah, well. That should be their slogan, can't be yeah, worse. Yeah, how much worse could we be? Like, <laughs> that would be a good political campaign. Yeah. Uh, so how do you think the local elections are going to play out? Um. Yeah, I hope they get a pasting. Mm -hmm. I really do, because then Sunak might have to stop smarmy little shit and have a think and maybe get rid of Swella Broverman or something because yeah who is he trying to please at this point so I, I hope I really hope when did the results start coming in um I'm not sure we can have a look actually why don't we do that because we've been in Perda all day haven't we yeah um uh, BBC News probably let's go for that oh yeah the Kremlin drone attack <laughs> do you think that was really do you think that was really really Ukraine I know so hard to tell these days with all of that that entire war every single thing i see i'm like is this real uh, we are living in um dystopia really aren't we yeah yeah well also, the I worst was, bit was i was fucking really Boris Johnson stepped in to stop the the peace negotiations <laughs> seriously flew to fucking like it was i don't know it must have been like six months ago now okay uh, yeah he went over and told ukraine they should join the eu yeah, I mean, I, but they're trying. They're trying to get Ukraine to join NATO. I think it's the most insane thing in the world. Russia repeatedly said, "This is our red line," and we're like, "Okay, lads, let's go." And, mm. like, way to make things worse. But it's okay because if we all get annihilated, we're going to get a beep on our phone. Exactly. So we're fine. Actually, mine turned, didn't work. I turned <laughs> off. No, I turned off my emergency <laughs> notifications. So I was like, I wonder, can I just not have this yeah. happen to me? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the, the polls, uh, polling day, the BBC news, not important, the election campaigns until polls close at 10 o'clock. Yeah. So I guess 10 o'clock, then we'll start getting things rolling in yeah. from from then. Normally it's about an, normally about an hour or two, and then we start getting results. Uh -huh. So you'll probably not know till tomorrow morning, really. I, well, the, the thing I'd be really interested in knowing is if you could find a way of finding out the percentage of people in the country that know more than what they've fed on the six o'clock news about politics what do you reckon i don't know i don't know i feel like i'm too caught up in it to have any idea anymore and because my kids hear it by osmosis they they know who all the cabinet are and everything because they hear lbc on in the kitchen or they listen to my podcast in the car or like whatever um so i i don't know but sometimes i am stunned um and it's usually when, like, like when I'm out and about or something, and I just think, oh, okay, wow. <laughs> like, so my sister went on a date with a guy, and she and she was like, oh, he was quite nice, but there was a red line. I was like, well, she didn't know who the leader of the opposition was. <laughs> 
And she was like, but he was like quite bright, you know, he was nice. And she went, but I think that's a red line, isn't it? And I was like, well, I think so, yeah. And then I was like, is it? And I was like, I kind of think it is. And she said, I think it is. <laughs> she said, because she said, I feel like that's a level of ignorance too far. She's 30, she's like, you're much younger than me, 32 or something. Yeah. I was like, I think, I think anyway, she didn't see him again. <laughs> <laughs> is that a prerequisite, do you think? Would that be for you? Oh, yeah. I think for me, probably why I'm permanently single, but I, yeah. And I also think I just need to be with someone like-minded. Like I couldn't date a Tory at this stage. I couldn't. I'd fundamentally dislike them. Mm. If they were saying, oh, Swell Broman's amazing. Like, I'm not going to get on with them. I'm just not. Is anyone saying that? <laughs> well, <it must> be <laughs> Apart from that tiny portion of racists so that could, we talked I could about. handle, I could handle, if I really liked somebody, if they said, oh, yeah, I, um, you know, I voted Johnson, but I regret it now. I can see him for what he is now. I could mm. probably just about get there. But no, if there, anyone was like pro Sunak, I'd be like, oh. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's actually pro Sunak. Boris was definitely more popular. Um, no. To be fair, interestingly, the the I thought the most admirable politician during the pandemic was a Tory. It was uh, Sir Charles Walker, because mm. he was the only one that I saw point out the disparities in education. For, for kids who were learning at home. He was like, you know, there are people with four kids and one laptop in a single flat. Like how on earth, mm -hmm. like we're leaving these children behind. Yeah, and trying to get laptops to yeah. yeah, and he was the only one I heard saying anything about it. And I was like, do you know what, man? That That is a guy for whom I have respect. Yeah. Because he seemed to actually care. Yeah, and have worked that out. Absolutely. Yeah, I really felt sorry for the the kid the kids yeah I did because actually mine were very good about it during they really were they just sort of sucked it up but my daughter says now with hindsight she was being good and going through the motions but she said she was really like depressed mm. I was like oh. and of course I was trying to like keep everything going so you turn into like as a mum you're like a butlin's red coat you're like everybody okay <laughs> trying to do a bit of Joe Wicks no <laughs> and you're thinking I don't either I also just want to go ah but you know, you got someone's got to be like that yeah. person. Should we have what should we have for dinner? Eggs? Yeah. Oh God, it was shit. But yeah, and then them coming out of the pandemic. By the way, like when lockdown first started, I was like, yeah, we've got to do it, you know, because we didn't know what we were playing at. And my mum lives in Italy, near where the hospitals were just completely Ooh, yeah, yeah. overwhelmed. Lom yeah. Lombardo was it? Lombardo? Really scary. Yeah, yeah. And I was getting the news from her, going, "Jeez, mm. like, what is this?" Ah. And we were merrily sending people off to ski trips there and everything. <laughs> just like I was in Austria. Government doing nothing. I was like, oh, okay. So during the bit when we didn't know what the hell was going on, I was like, yeah, yeah, like in case loads of people die, we should do that. Because the other day I was um, retweeting something about how I believe that this current cohort of kids taking their exams should have a bit of leeway rather than they're the first year where they're like, no. And they've had no leeway made for the fact they had two years at home. And which has been desperate. And someone was like slagging me off on Twitter going, but you supported lockdown, you this or that. And I thought, yeah, I did at the beginning. And I can also feel that the kids need a bit of leeway. Like, Yeah, but I mean, like, for those people, it's just like, what? so you'd rather in hindsight that someone didn't realise the consequences of something they'd supported instead of saying, you know, there's something happened here that we need to fix. Like, shit, like, I don't get that people... I don't get it happy. either. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> and also it's like, don't worry, I hated lockdown. Like, it was shit. It was really miserable. My mm. kids were really miserable, but I also was a bit worried about people dying. Yeah. And I, I'm not a scientist, so, like, you know, needed to see what was going to happen. And also didn't really want to be the person that was like, yeah we're, yeah, we're all locking down, but you teachers, get in there. Yeah, yeah. You've got to do this. Yeah. It's like a bit of compassion for people. Unbelievable. Anyway... Yeah. There you go. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we have blasted to an R. Um, wow. So is there anything you would like to plug? Any wild outlandish predictions you'd like to make? Anything really controversial you'd like to say so I get plenty of hate clicks? <laughs> oh, God, no. I'm not a very clickbaity person. Um, yeah, this is I'm, why the podcast doesn't get as many views as it could. I'm not. I'm the same. It's just not very clickbaity. But I would say, yeah, give the troll a listen. It's a lot of fun. We go through social media and look at all the clips and look at what everybody else is saying about them, which provides a lot of comedy. And I would say, just get the fucking Tories out, please. Just vote for whomever. 
whoever is in your area can we please just have a have a refresh it, as and when the Tories are out Marina and I have already decided we're, we're going to do election night together there's nobody else I'd want to do election night with this is Marina Perkis who I do the podcast with and um, it's going to be a long boozy night and if the Tories are out you'll hear the screams from wherever you are very good point actually might have to organize a live stream that night that'll be fun we are gonna go absolutely i want to see them we'll skype you guys in topple <laughs> i want to see them topple one by one yeah lose their seats so much joy i want mog to lose his seat oh i want boris to lose that seat in oh, i want boris johnson to lose his seat i'm the only person who have, i've never called him just boris i've always had this thing i always call him boris johnson mm. Ugh, no, I, you're just right. It's too familiar. Yeah, and it's something he really fashioned, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, horrible man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels like we all know him. That's the Bor That's why it's Boris, Oof. which is ridiculous. Mm. Anyway, fantastic uh, place to finish things. So yeah, everybody, Gemma Four Day. Thanks very much. Thank you. Hey everyone, thanks for making it right the way to the end of the podcast. I love that you tuned in this long. Do me a favor, hit subscribe because 80% of you bastards are not subscribing, but you're watching my videos. See you next time.